This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Zaziaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 30th of August. In your Squiz today, Kabul's evacuation deadline. Hurricane Ida makes landfall. Keeping it cash. And a new pizza contender. This is your Squiz today. Last Friday, Claire, we spoke on the podcast about an explosion outside Kabul's airport by Islamic State militants. 170 people were killed, including 13 American troops. Overnight, US President Joe Biden met with the families of the American victims in a ceremony to honour their loved ones. More attacks were expected, and this morning reports say a US drone strike has prevented another deadly explosion in Kabul. This is all happening just a day before US troops prepare to leave the country. Yeah, late yesterday, US authorities warned citizens to evacuate the area of Kabul airport and reports this morning say that a US drone strike has headed that off. As you say, there are more attacks expected as the United States wraps up its operation at Kabul airport and leaves the country. There's going to be quite a flurry of activity today, experts say. The US is the only country that has forces still at that airport. Airport. Australia wrapped up on Friday. The UK got out yesterday. There's several European nations and also Canada and New Zealand who had been conducting evacuation operations from Kabul Airport, but they have all wrapped up. Yeah, as you say, Claire, Australia left on Friday, but there are still Aussies and visa holders stuck in Kabul, and they've been told to stay away from the airport. Looking ahead to tomorrow, Claire, the US withdrawing their last troops marks the end of their involvement in the almost 20-year conflict in Afghanistan. Yeah, it really is quite a momentous day. And of course, it's not just the US that was involved in that conflict. Uh, Australia was, NATO countries were as well, and so many others. And as we come full circle, the Taliban will be left in control of Afghanistan, which causes the group of militants that the United States, Australia, and so many others had sought to crush since 2001. Uh, To look ahead for a second, what experts say is that we should expect an ongoing tussle between Islamic State and the Taliban, their sworn enemies. Uh, Also, Joe Biden is under a lot of pressure in the United States for his handling of the crisis, so it's not wrapped up by any stage. Yeah, there are lots of questions and concerns about what the Taliban control would look like with foreigners gone. We take a look at that in a squeeze shortcut on the Taliban. It goes through what life was like for Afghans when the Taliban last ruled in the 1990s and what the Taliban stands for. Just search Squish Shortcuts in your favourite podcast app. Back home to Australia, where COVID cases are continuing to climb in the ACT, Victoria and New South Wales. With no end in sight for lockdowns, Claire, attention is turning to the toll the pandemic is having on mental health. Yeah, yesterday, New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian cited the mental health toll as a reason to ease restrictions as soon as possible. She said that emergency department visits for those really struggling with their mental health were up 31% when you look at children and teenagers. That compares to last year. There's reports this morning as well that Victoria recorded 
recording similar levels. Uh, National Cabinet on Friday reaffirmed those goals for opening up the country, lifting restrictions and also opening borders. Western Australia aren't really playing ball with that at the moment, but certainly the regulators go ahead to include children from 12 years old and up in the rollout was welcomed. Yeah, and the regulator has suggested a few different ways to do that, such as vaccinations through schools. Health Minister Greg Hunt says that could take some time, though, so he's urging parents to search for bookings at GPs, pharmacists or vaccination hubs. And if you need help, we've put a link in your episode notes to some support helplines. Looking overseas now, Claire, Hurricane Ida made landfall in Louisiana overnight in the southeast of the United States. It's been building up strength over the past few days and hit the region as a Category 4 hurricane with winds of more than 240 kilometres per hour. Yeah, Category 4 means a lot of wind, also means big storm surges. Of course, this is all on the coast. And uh, when you look at what happened with Hurricane Katrina, the anniversary of that was 16 years ago on Sunday, uh, there were a lot of problems when New Orleans was inundated by seawater. So a lot of work has gone into the infrastructure in that area since 2005. There's been sea levees, there's flood walls, there's pumps, there's gates, there's all sorts of things with the idea to protect that area from big storms. So that infrastructure will be getting the biggest test that it's had since it's been built. Yeah, the governor of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards, yesterday said it could be one of the worst hurricanes to hit Louisiana since the 1850s. Now, Claire, we've seen the impact of COVID slash working from home in a lot of different areas, fashion being a big one. Hello, trackies. With more of us dressing down these days, fashion gurus say the casual look is here to stay. Really is by the sounds of things. I guess we'll find out in two or three years' time when we can put COVID in the rear vision mirror and we're all back Gosh, in offices be nice. and getting on with <laughs> our lives, just thinking ahead. Uh, but certainly it seems like there has been a seismic change when it comes to workwear, uh, iconic British retailer Marks and Spencer has massively reduced the suits that it stocks in stores. It's quite renowned for its affordable but quality range of men's suits and also women's workwear. Uh, there are people who are going into some of its stores in the UK and can't find a suit to save themselves. I think wearing my trackies every day is the only positive we can take away from the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love an elastic waistband. Each day of the Paralympics, we'll be featuring a sport, athlete or event to keep an eye out for. On Friday, Claire, we spoke about wheelchair rugby. Our Aussie team, the Steelers, missed out on a Paralympic medal for the first time since 2004, losing 60-52 to to Japan yesterday. Today, we're talking all things boccia and there are two Aussie names to know, Daniel Michael and Spencer Cotty. They are guys who train really hard. Steve Waugh, who knows uh, Daniel Michael quite well, said that he's as committed as any athlete he's ever seen. It's a really interesting game, this boccia. If you know anything about bowls or patank, you're kind of all over boccia. There's a jack that's thrown and then the players throw a series of balls after it and the person with the ball that's closest to the jack scores one point. Uh, 
it's really an interesting game to watch and it's played at the Paralympics uh, by people who have a neurological impairment. Uh, They have helpers who aren't allowed to face the way the balls are. They have to just look uh, at the player and take their instructions. So definitely worth watching uh, as we head into the final stretch of that competition. Yeah, the medal games are on Wednesday, so keep an eye out for that. As for where things are at on the medal tally, Australia is eighth with eight gold, 15 silver and 13 bronze. Claire, I think it's safe to say we have some pretty similar food tastes, minus eggs. Ugh, I know you're not a fan. Worse. <laughs> well, I'm wondering what your take is on this. There's now a pizza vending machine in Italy's Rome. I've got a feeling it probably depends on what stage of the evening <laughs> you're at. But certainly, if you're in Rome, you really want to get the real thing. If you're anywhere Absolutely. in Italy, you want to get the real thing. One of the massive, great wonderful things about going to Italy is their pizza and uh, there is a vending machine robot that has hit the scene in Rome. It makes four types of pizzas from scratch. At least it's not just heating them up in some great big oven, Uh, but it really has caused a stir. Well, hey, at least it's made from scratch. That's something. Squiz the day, Claire. For me, I've picked the anniversary of the founding of Melbourne. That happened in 1835. What have you got? Uh, And Paralympics for me, moving on from that uh, rugby loss, we'll just roll on from that into men's wheelchair basketball. The rollers are playing Great Britain at six o'clock, so fingers crossed for them. And speaking of sport, just quickly before we wrap up, if you're a sport fan or like to keep up to date with the latest in the sport world, Sport Today is our daily sports podcast and it's out every morning at 6.30am. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can check it out by searching Sport Today on your podcast app. That's all from us. Have a good one and we'll be back with you tomorrow. quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.